0: Hello, humans. Hello, humans. Still um, May 31st. It's uh, like 2.30 or something in the afternoon. I'm out here in the wind and the sun, getting some sun and uh, grounding myself. And I was thinking about a comment I had made in one of the uh, audios today and uh, thought to address it really quick. And it's about this, uh, the coffins, and then the um, the Bluetooth thing, right? Where they're putting Bluetooth in the coffin. Some counties you can't bury anybody legally with, without putting an identifier in these days. So this is to be expected. But really, what I was talk- going to go to was uh, the idea of dead and buried. Uh, this is really an affectation uh, that originates with the Kazarian Mafia uh, in the as a result of this uh, Messiah um what was it? zevi something zevi i can't think of his first name now he was really a a strange fellow uh and and what happened was that zevi in like the sixteen hundred, so maybe it's like 16 uh maybe 1666 for all i know sometime in that period of time uh zevi uh, uh became a messiah or was told he was a messiah or some damn thing in the Jewish community, but he was a Khazarian Ashkenazi. And, uh, he had these people that were following him when he had at his the height, of his power. And these guys, uh, went and did a whole lot of research trying to discover, uh, physical archeological evidence of the Exodus of the Jews, of the Judeans from, uh, Egypt. And they did not, they, they didn't find any at all. And it caused this big issue at the time. um, but you know it's like maybe maybe there are 30 or 40 people involved in this little expedition thing they paid for it uh for a couple of years for these guys could to go and do research there was some level of research done ahead of time in books and so on in any event though um during this period of time uh a discussion arose about the idea of uh how the remains are handled now uh Jewish practices have always been different from those of the people around them relative to uh, the whole dead and buried uh, business, right? Uh, in places like, um, in in areas where we have found traditionally that there was a high population density, they don't waste land putting people down in there and then not letting you walk on it or grow things on it. Uh, so there's some other mechanism for disposing of bodies other than embalming. But at the time of the uh, of Zevi in the sixteen hundreds, uh, there was this revival of information about Egyptian customs as a result of this expedition going there. And the Egyptian co- co- customs that they concentrated on were the pharaohic customs, and it was the the custom of the pharaohs to be embalmed in a very particular fashion. Okay, and the the pharaohs uh, the the people that they called the Pharaohs, now the kings of Egypt, okay, the kings of Egypt were embalmed in a very particular fashion. The kings of Egypt never called themselves Pharaohs. None of their people ever called themselves Pharaohs. The word Pharaoh is uh, a Yemeni word, uh, a Yemeni Hebrew word, and it meant uh, chieftain, uh, tribal chieftain. And uh, it was... I won't go into that. Anyway, so the kings of Egypt uh, would have their organs taken out. They would be particularly salted. There were metallic salts that were used in this process. There was a um, uh, it was a long embalming process, right? And they... uh, and they specifically had the concept of dead, embalmed, and buried. And the buried part was to protect the corpse. Okay, because it was something to be protected. Because the um, Egyptian kings, who were not like the people that they ruled, all right. So let's get that clear. The Egyptian kings were um, descendant from the cone heads, and uh, and had interesting sway over their populace. But nonetheless, they had their own set of ideas. And their ideas somewhat followed what we see in the um, uh, Indus Valley cultures of the time in India. And that is the idea that after you die, uh, the length of time your atoms, the, the body, remains in uh, corporeal uh, form uh determines how long uh the shoshona the the silver string that connects your soul to uh universe how long that shoshona is uh remains in this materium thus there is uh, okay so uh, it's not like your soul's trapped here. Your soul starts on its journey within 24 hours after your death. But there is a lingering after effect of the Shoshona still being attached to the atoms of the body that causes the soul to, uh, the thinking is, exist in a further um, uh, level of time, unknown, but presumably the same number of days that the Shoshona exists down here. Um in its hell burning out uh, the connections to this planet, getting rid of all of the material um, corruption, you might say. So that's the idea, right? That so, therefore, if you want your soul to have a quick passage, you do what you can to make sure that after you die, people get rid of your body really quick, so that therefore there's no longer any attachment. The atoms are not clumped together and hanging around anymore, and um, and your soul is free to progress, and and things go along quite nicely. And so the idea of you know. Burning Burning bodies, right? Vikings, even they had this concept that uh, you you were not it was not a good idea to keep the body around uh, because Wotan wanted all of you up there, right? That was the idea. Uh, we see it in the Hindus. It was in Asia. Um, uh, they have different practices in Australia and New Zealand and in some of the um, other, as- other parts of Asia and Africa. But in, in many of these places, it was uh, permissible and desirable to simply arrange to leave the body for the local wildlife to take care of uh, on a couple of different levels, you know, it was an act of charity to the wildlife. It was an act of, um, uh, shedding, so to speak, quite actually, of your material, um, connections to this body, uh, in that you surrender it to whatever's going to come and eat it, right? That sort of thing. Um, and this is, uh, still an accepted practice in India today, especially among, uh, particular kinds of, uh uh, yogi adepts who follow in these, uh, particular traditions, uh, uh, because you actually do want your life, uh, your, your material corporeal body to be digested by other life, because that's the cleanest form of fire on the planet is the, um, uh, is the idea here, right? Uh, that the fires of digestion are at some level near nuclear and, uh, thus render, uh, Asunder all of your atoms at a level that can't really be done even by ordinary fire. That's that's the thinking anyway. Not a proponent of it or any of that sort of stuff, right? But nonetheless, that's the idea. And and so embalming was was something that was an aberration in humans. Embalming and and being dead and buried was an aberration in humans. Uh, it was an aberration uh, to the extent that it was culturally limited to. Um, to only three places that I'm aware of that it could have had a uh, sort of like an organic uh, kind of a um, uh, an origination but it all goes back to the idea of the Egyptian kings and their idea of um, that the body was something to protect but now they had a different or they had a The same understanding, but they had a different approach because their approach was that you could sustain the Shoshona and sustain the power here on Earth as long as you could protect your body from dissolution and that this could give you control over um, your next reincarnation and your next reappearance here on this planet. Now, we have misinterpreted that in a lot of our reading of their writings to... um, uh, apply religious terms to it of like you know uh, uh, holding the body pristine so it all goes to heaven and this kind of thing right uh, but if you actually get in and read the Egyptian text what they're actually trying to do is to is a kind of a, of a magic and the Egyptian uh, kings were very much into magic uh, this very particular kind of what uh, we could call key magic or chi or prana or anime you know it's a uh, magic with the life force itself. This idea of um, the quantum connection uh, that can be achieved with consciousness and the material, the materium around it. In any event, though, so so here we find that that uh, uh, dead and buried really is a, a strangeness that has crept into our social order uh, as a result of trying to emulate the kings of, of Egypt. Uh, it, you know, I'm not into the religion of things, so I don't know how they approach it from a religious viewpoint anymore, um, you know, um, in terms of, of that sort of how the idea is sold, right? But it, it's, it strikes me as a little creepy, personally. <laughs> I mean, I got to say it, I just, you know, it just, it just kind of weirds me out. Um, but mainly... Probably because I have that that view that you know you don't want to remain connected to this planet after you're dead because you got a cycle you're recycling right and uh, and you're gonna fuck fuck that over by uh, maintaining your corpus here in in something in a near intact form. Now I do not know I have no factual information that. Uh, should suggest that that is indeed the case, that the Shoshona does remain with the corpus as long as uh, it's still quasi-intact. I can't dispute it, um, uh, nor could I back it up in terms of thinking. You could probably find um, resources that would suggest this, but nonetheless, um, uh, this idea is is not my own and is relatively prevalent in a large group uh, groups of uh, certain social orders, like the Hindus and, you know, um, Tibetans and this sort of thing. So, uh, just thought to bring that up about the dead and buried aspect of it. Uh, things we accept and take for granted as natural are frequently not. You know, frequently they are aberrations. Um, there, There is... Other areas where we see people being buried, uh, just as an aside here before closing up on this, uh, but in those areas I can think of, they're not embalmed or anything. It's like in the Amazon where they'll dig a vertical hole and they'll uh, bury a body standing up and plant a tree over it uh so you know so that's yet another way of of being digested so to speak of getting the getting rid of the corpse and also there's the sanitary issues and so on uh but so again it's not the same idea of trying to preserve it and the idea of the burying specifically for the egyptians was just that because they would bury it with treasure that were going to be there supposedly for your next life when you would um come in and okay and so also i don't know if i mentioned it but there is this guy who contacted me and had a brilliant idea that he was going to um uh deeply encode into his being the private keys of his cryptos and he was going to memorize the private keys of his cryptos or the or or the uh, creation words for his wallet. I can't remember at the moment, uh, but he was going to deeply remember these and encode them in, uh, remember them in, in binary. So he wouldn't have any language issues. And then when he dies, uh, he says he's got some ability to control his uh, long sleep. He's, he's, that progressed in things that he can do that. And this is indeed doable that I know to be factual, but anyway, he claims he can do it. he said, well, he'll restrict it to about, uh, you know, maybe six or 700 years <laughs> and then, then get reborn. And man, won't his, you know, cryptos be really worth a whole fucking lot. then?" <laughs> And it's okay. It's like a good idea, dude. But you know, languages and all different kinds of things, computers, etc. There could be a lot of changes in six or seven hundred years. But you know, uh, kudos for the ambition and for the for the thinking of it. All right. Anyway, take care. And yeah, that was a very nice sheriff. He's a he's a good guy.